Welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. Today is May 15th. It is the day after our local Comic-Con. It was awesome. Yeah, we both went down to, uh, I went down to Little Rock, met Sean, and we went to the uh, Little Rock Comic-Con in Benton. Sean, why don't you tell me uh, what what we read into? Well, I thought it was a pretty well put together con. I'm still feeling out these local Comic Cons. You know, obviously they're not going to have the hype, the excitement, the money that's behind major Comic Cons. San Diego Comic Con, you know, uh, PAX, any of those, they're not going to have it. But I felt this one was one of the best ones that I'd been to in this area. You know, they, they had some YouTubers there. They had several Power Rangers there. Several known artists. Yes, that's that's the thing that's been surprising me of lately. They've been getting, I mean, we're in the middle of the Bible Belt in Arkansas, yet uh, past some of these past Comic-Cons, we have been getting actual talent. Actors and voice actors. There was a the lady that did Jim's voice from the 80s was there. I mean, the actual person. A couple of artists. Uh, even one that worked on Transformers was there and uh, I'm, I'm really happy to see some talent being I mean normally in in older cons you wouldn't get anywhere near an actual actor somebody like that you just have a group of fans coming together you get a lot of good comic book stuff because of course that made it to the big distributors and your older comics are, are around here and you could find that stuff pretty easily but as the talent and the the level of cosplay and I do want to speak to that I'm not uh, somebody who's ever been into cosplay play you know I, I I could own like a uh, full body like a stormtrooper outfit you know just because you have anonymity behind a mask but uh, as to the people putting themselves out there and and doing craft and making actual costumes and stuff like that I can respect that and the more openness towards celebrating that kind of thing I, I'm really excited to see yeah the the cosplays got better Almost every time we've went to a con in this area, it's going to be tough to beat Chewbacca at the one previous to this one. I know uh, the woman who made that costume, actually. That that was an amazing costume. There was there was a great Daredevil there yesterday. I thought I thought there was pretty good Daredevil. There was an awesome Green Arrow. I seen him. He was pretty well put together. I seen several Harley Quinns that pulled it off rather well. There was somebody who did a very, uh, very good-looking Ray from Episode Seven. Was there? looked looked very nice. Oh yeah, I seen her. That was nice-looking one. I don't know. They they like I said, they're getting better each time. I hope to keep going to them locally. I had a blast. Some great vendors, and I'm telling you now that I have several shifts of overtime between now. And the River City Comic Con in July, I will buy, if the vendor is there, I will buy Senior Superman. <laughs> I will buy Senior Superman. He will be mine. I don't care. I don't even know what kind of figure it is or what the toy line is. It's an early hand-stitched doll, and it is a Senior Superman. It's awesome. Now, I'm was gonna, I'm going to own it. Did you walk away f- from the convention with any jewels? I did walk away with a couple of comics. I got X-Force number one. It was a comic I know I had when I was younger because I remember getting the cards inside of it. And it was an awesome comic because I like cable. But I know that the older one I had was taken out of the bag. And this one is still in the bag. And I got a good deal on it along with X-Factor number 24, first appearance of Archangel. Yeah, nice. So. 
Um, I walked away with a couple of things. Some older you walked tr- away with a ton of stuff. Well, there was you there was a really good there making a killing, really. Well, there was a couple of really great dealers that that you know had prices on stuff that I just couldn't walk away from. I got a nice sign print Mark uh, Texera, the guy who did Ghost Rider. Um, I got a few Transformers, uh, old '80s Transformers comics that were like a dollar a piece and are worth way way more than that to complete some of my collection stuff. Um, there was some there were some nice things. It was great. Like I said, you know the vendors keep getting better, the organization of it all keeps getting better, and the crowd seemed getting better. The actual Little Rock Comic Con of 2015 that we went to, I would say the crowd early in the morning was equal to the peak of last year. I mean, there was a lot of people there right at the beginning. It opened at 9, and by 10, 10, 15, it was a packed house. I don't know what the capacity of the convention center is, but it was definitely full. Yeah, and that speaks a lot to the uh, current status of uh, superhero movies and the uh, culture in general. It's getting more popular. Uh, I believe it may be at at one of its best peaks ever, and this, of course, is due to the popularity in in current media of our kind of culture-relevant stuff and people being interested in that. The one I could cite was last year when we went to the, the one in Conway, food trucks everywhere and uh you know there was a lot of people there and it was a really good time it's just it's just nice to see out in the rural areas we live that this stuff is is reaching that far and is having that kind of impact oh definitely the the comic world is growing well it's no longer faux pas to walk around wearing a marvel shirt with a character you know a superhero on the front you see everybody do it i mean you you can see Honestly, if you looked it up online, I'm sure you can find rich and famous people walking around with a Captain America shield on a T-shirt when they're out at, you know, Burger King or whatever. It's socially acceptable to wear stuff like that now, and therefore it has no boundaries. And I'm just glad to see it's making its way into what we call our areas, where we spend our daily lives. It's here as well, and it's nice. It's great. Yeah, and it's really fun. We're looking forward to the next one that's coming up pretty soon. But let's roll into some news. It looks like you have a bunch of stuff about uh, Netflix and Marvel. So uh, where, where do we stand on that today? Well, I had read an article earlier in the week that had said that because of the reaction from the public due to the Netflix Marvel lineup, they had started pressing stuff together. We're going to get it to you as quick as possible, as efficiently as possible. And because of that, it looks like The Defenders and Jessica Jones Season 2 is being filmed back-to-back. Like, they're going to do continuous shooting throughout the entire time. And in the meantime, uh, I was looking at other things that were coming out on the Netflix lineup. And I wanted to see when, if this is all being pressed forward, well, how much are we going to get in such a short amount of time? So if you take the rest of this year and then into 2017... What I could find online was this September, we'll be looking at the Luke Cage. Then spring of 2017, we'll get Iron Fist. Late summer of 2017, The Defenders. With the winter of 2017 being The Punisher in his own solo series. I honestly believe they're going to work Jessica Jones Season 2 into 2017. I think they need to, but I could not find a definite release date or anybody uh, even with a speculation of when Jessica Jones Season 2 is coming out. 
Right, and I think anything after Defenders is speculation at this point. They'll want they'll want something definitely in the hopper because it's hitting on all cylinders. I mean, just the 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 three things we've gotten so far with uh, both seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones are just amazing and award winning television. Luke Cage, of course, we haven't seen anything but the small snippet after uh, Daredevil season two, and Iron Fist is filming right now. I'm really excited for everything they're going to give me, so I can't get it soon enough. Exactly, and as long as these, this is what I like about it. They found a set of showrunners that seem to know what they're talking about. They're writing good stories. They're keeping it fresh. They're keeping it clean. They're sticking to almost like the source material. I'm making it six weeks in a row. I've said the word source material. I'm going to see how long I can keep this running. It's great. They're they're writing great stuff, and they're doing good jobs. Well, let's move on to some movie news. i seen the Assassin's Creed trailer this week. Now, I've only played a little of the first game, but it, it looks like it's a pretty close uh, uh, parallel to what's going on, where it's a guy, he's uh, being experimented on, and then you see scenes of uh, his, his past ancestor being an assassin, but you probably know a little more than me. How many of these games did you play? I have played 1, 2, and 3. And uh, I played part of Black Flag. I played the atrocity that is Unity. It did help. You know, they they sent out a game. It was broken. It took a long time to fix it. Blah, blah, blah. That's not what we're talking about. Played quite a few of the Assassin's Creed games. And what I like about this is when video game movies have been made, they don't always have the best track record. And that's because people like me... And, and like the general public, when it comes to video game, you know the source material. You know what it's supposed to be like. You know the feel of the video game. You, you, when you're watching the character that is represented of the video game on the big screen, you know the actions that they would take in the video game. And if they don't do that, it doesn't seem right. So what they're doing, they're writing an original story. 100% original. We know that the Assassin's Creed has jumped from time periods through different body lines, through everything from, obviously, Spanish Inquisition, which is what this storyline is taking. And we know that there'll be probably several points where we're going to jump through time. We're going to see this character's single story. That's what I like about Assassin's Creed is it doesn't have intertwining. You can write a single story, and as long as it's good, it should play out great. And like you said, the trailer looks awesome. At the end, when he does the leap, I, I just waited for the, the hawk sound. I wanted to hear the, I just wanted to see the uh, 500 hay bales laying around him. Um, Now, of course... <laughs> that is going to be interesting. I want to see if they throw him in some hay bales. Um, now, of course, video game movies are a very sore subject with, with fans. Of The ultimate example I can think of that I was personally burned by was, of course, the Final Fantasy movie, which, you know... <sighs> It parallels a lot of stuff. Even if you look at it compared to the game Final Fantasy VII, which, of course, everybody bows down and, and prays before, there, there were some elements they took from that game, and they wrote an original story, but and computer stuff was good, but it was just not a good movie. Now, wait, uh, wait. Are, are you talking about Advent Children? 
Advent Children is a much, much better movie than the original Final Fantasy, and I believe you saw okay. this with me. Okay, I know what. All right, I was just making sure you wasn't talking about Advent Children. No, 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 no. I'm talking I really about enjoy the Advent Children, the American released yes. movie Final Fantasy that had yes. Donald Sutherland and yes. a Quite bunch horrible. of other. Yes, it, it, it was a steaming pile, and uh, it made me I cry really openly. Real brother, back to back. I would rather watch Mario Brothers back to back. It made me weep openly for the for the steaming pile of shit they had poured on an amazing game. But this this looks I have I have hope with this. It looked really nice, and plus the fact that they have Michael Fassbender, one of the best actors, working today as the main character. I would probably the story. Yeah, I would, they would probably have my money just just on that fact, so I could see it because I'm I'm interested in it because of his his performance. So that's where I'm at on it. Oh, it's going to be incredible. Uh, I hope so. And we're switching back to TV now. <laughs> yes, back to TV. Agent Carter. Now this this kind of made me upset whenever I saw this because first of all. Uh, they're talking about shows that have been canceled, and they threw Agent Carter in there. Now, Agent Carter wasn't canceled. It wasn't picked up for another season, which they didn't even know it was going to be successful enough to be picked up for a, a season two. They did not pick up a season three. Uh, saying it's canceled is like it was a horrible show, and they they, they uh, you know are throwing it in the dumpster, which is not. They were always on the cusp of not renewing it so but what i was uh sad to see was that they are not moving forward with the marvel's most wanted show starring mockingbird and her husband right right which i was a lot of cancellations and you know the stuff that didn't get picked up that should have honestly yeah um you know i but I am kind of excited to see what they are going to put on TV if if they turn some of this stuff down. Well, now, speaking what... of good TV, recently, I haven't seen it, you have. Kevin Smith and Zach Stentz worked together and wrote an episode of The Flash that I hear gets incredible reviews. I mean, it's the first time in a few years that I can remember hearing actual hype on the news or on, you know, what I browse every day considering news. You know, given that there's Supergirl, there's Arrow, and Flash, this actually got quite a bit of praise. Yeah, uh, the episode of The Flash called uh, The Runaway Dinosaur. Um, it's Kevin Smith directed, and this gentleman, what was his name again? Stents? Zach Stents. Yeah, and I just listened to this episode of Fat Man on Batman where he, he did this interview. And I watched the episode first, though, and it was it was really good. I mean, Kevin Smith is a big fan of The Flash. The very emotional heart of The Flash, you know, is something that resonates with him. And in this episode, he got to do something very related to that. You see Barry's mom. Um, he's He has lost the speed force. He, he gave it up to save Wally West. And now he has to try to get it back. And he goes through... He basically has a, a meeting with God, almost. Uh, the Speed Force takes on this sort of godlike role and presents itself to him in, as different people. And it you just have to see the episode. It's kind of nebulous to try to describe it. But watching it, it's very emotional. The, the right beats are there. Uh, there's some comedy in there. There's not a lot of Kevin Smith, which in, he, in his interview, he went forward saying that. He's like, I didn't want to go in, you know, lay down the pipe and say, this is how it's going to be, and this is how I make stuff. He he came in, saw 
you know, he's, he's seen this people from episode one to when he walked through the door. They know that he knows they know their job. He walked in and just did directing, which was different for him. But he said he settled into it and it was it was really easy because of the professionals he was working with, because of the great actors he was working with. And if you've ever seen that show, the acting is impeccable. I mean, like I've said before, it's campy, but it's the best kind of campy you've ever seen. And it's it. Really good, and I, I, I can't speak bad about The Flash. There are several other CW shows I can, uh, superhero shows even, but The Flash is firing on all cylinders, so um, I'm happy to see him knock that one out of the park. And they he said that they are bringing him back next season and probably with Zack Stentz again. That's right. I was watching YouTube channel The Screen Junkies, and they were doing something uh, about Civil War, so I thought I'd click on that and see what it was. And... It, because it said with Kevin Smith, so I was like, oh, I like the Screen Junkies, plus my favorite person. Like, if I could meet an actor or a celebrity, it would definitely be Kevin Smith. He's up there on my would-love-to-meet list. And uh, as I click on the episode, they're introducing everybody, and sure enough, Zach Stentz is there as well. And they did discuss how they would love to work together a little more in the future. And one of the Screen Junkies had mentioned that Zach had some news as of that day that he could announce and he was going to announce it on their show. And he said he was jumping into DC with both feet and he was tasked to write the booster gold movie. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, I've seen booster gold. I know he's a, a member of one of the teams. I can identify the character, but I cannot describe him. Can you tell me who booster gold is? All right. Do you know his suit even? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I, if I see gold. him, I know who he is, but I can't tell you who he is. Um, From what I remember, uh, I read a few of the comics, and then I like him. Uh, there's several representation of his character stories throughout the, the Justice League cartoon series. And that that's really where I liked him. And he's from the future. He was a quarterback in the future for a football team and his dad wasn't the best person and he asked him to throw a game that his dad was betting on and you know you do what you do for family and he threw the game and they caught him and he was disgraced and so uh he had to take a job as like a night watchman during during his job he discovered that he was guarding a lot of superhero artifacts this is in the future and like way in the future i don't know anyway there was some of Brainiac stuff there and somebody else's, and he started messing with it and fiddling around and ended up discovering time travel, I believe, and went back to the past and uses some of the gadgets that he collected from other superheroes to make himself powerful, joins the Justice League, and then uses his knowledge of the future to assist them. He's really little known. Like, a lot of times they'll... I've seen uh, in the comic, or in the comic, in the cartoon, it was quite humorous. They paired him once with, like, Batman, and they had no idea who each other, like, Batman had no idea he was even a member of the Justice League, I believe. It was quite humorous. Okay. It looks like, I've got two stories that are related. One is that Michael B. Jordan, it looks like Michael B. Jordan is joining the cast of Black Panther, teaming him with Ryan Coogler, of course, from Creed. 
And this is this is great. Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. I mean, I haven't seen Creed, but it got great reviews. I, I've seen him in a few things, and I will discuss one of them here in a little bit, which is exciting. Also, uh, Lupita Nyong'o is also in talks for that movie, and I, I'm glad they're going all out on this because uh, Chadwick Boseman's performance in Captain America and the way they treated that character and origin and, and history, I mean, all... The amount of screen time he gave and the amount of story to him was perfect, and I'm really excited for this movie, and we'll, we'll talk about that also later. But this also relates to another article. Simon Kinberg wants a sequel to the Fantastic Four movie starring Michael B. Jordan. This man is a lunatic. I have seen this movie... There is no way this movie needs a sequel. Yeah, yeah, you saw the Fantastic Four movie, the the horrible one. How did you see that again? Well, uh, did you see that again? <laughs> you, you, you've seen it. G- give me your review on it. You you've seen this steaming pile of crap. Let's hear about it. All right. Well, I mean, I I have an HBO Go account, and this movie popped up, and we're doing a podcast about movies. I was like, here we go. We're gonna do this. And uh, I watched it, and uh, I tell you, um, th- who was the director? He did Chronicle. Dan, not Dan Trachtenberg, dadgummit, that's the J.J. <laughs> Abrams movie that just came out. Hold uh, on, we have the power of the internet here. Let's yeah, just what's his do name? This? Tell me his name, you're supposed to know it instantly. 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 Without hesitation. Absolutely. Chronicle. 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 Its name was Chronicle. I, I was just going to type was the, in Fantastic Four. Well, that so. too. I mean, but That's Chronicle's a better movie. Much better movie. Well, Chronicle's an incredible movie. Uh, Pulled heavily from Akira, by the way, if you've never seen that. Yes, Josh Trank. Josh Trank. Josh Trank. Yeah, and um, I, I'd heard some interviews with him. Kevin Smith did an interview with him uh, before the movie came out. Now, of course, I did not see this movie in the theater, which I am happy for, uh, because... Let, let's talk about a, a basic good movie like Disney. Most successful Disney movies and most successful any movies address the characters first and foremost. You have a strong character. You have a believable character. You have acting that, that complements that. And then you move forward with your story. The characters in Fantastic Four are cardboard cutouts that uh, a child is painted on. And, and I'm not saying it's the actor's fault, but it's like, I mean, it's just like any other, you know, bad guy, a group of good guys got to stop the bad guy movie. I mean, that, that's what it is. It's like, it's There's like, no development. it's like biscuits and gravy at, at your local uh, gas station. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But I mean, is it really? I mean, is this what your mom would make? Is this what you go and pay for at, at a, at a nice restaurant? But uh, I mean, it was... And, and let me let me address the actors. Um, you know the Sue Storm character. She was she did a great job, and I can't remember the actress's name right now. She's off of um, oh House of Cards, and then they had uh, of course Michael B. Jordan, and he was fine. He was he was great in the movie. You know Ben Grimm, forgettable uh, because he's not given any story whatsoever. He's just he's just an angry kid. And then Reed Richards, Mr. Ass in real life himself, he just abandons, for like 20 minutes of the movie, he abandons his friends. He just runs off. He leaves wow. them to, yeah, he just he just runs off. <laughs> I'm like, 
Read, you're telling me that not only is is Doctor Doom a a, a whiny uh, uh, goth hacker guy, that uh, Reed Richards is a guy who runs out and abandons his friends and leaves them to their fate. <laughs> Guys, come on! You know what, of, why are we doing the, this movie? The opposite of Fantastic Four. They're all great friends. They all watch out for each other well, all the time. Well, like. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there's there's not even hints of the fan. I mean, I can sit here and describe the Fantastic Four to you. I mean, uh, Reed Richards, you know, one of the smartest guys in the world. Love the thing he loves most in the world is his wife, uh, Sue Storm, uh, who he has a hard time dealing with because he's more analytical and science based, and you know. Johnny and, and Ben are always fighting and picking each other. They they love each other and will protect each other, but they're not ever going to say something like that. They're going to throw fireballs and, and, and trucks at each other. And Dr. Doom is a king of a freaking nation who is regal and thinks he's doing the right thing and protects his people and his land and, from his point of view, is not a gr- bad guy. He's a hero, right. and, and he should rule the world to keep it safe. I mean, it's... Your your Fantastic Four movie rests solely on on the heart of your bad guy, and until somebody steps in and starts getting that right, you're not going to have a successful Fantastic Four movie. Your Fantastic Four is predicated on the strength of Doctor Doom and the strength of the family that is the Fantastic Four. Until somebody writes that story correctly, it, it's it's not going to be there for them. Fox should let that go back to Marvel. Right. Well, I mean. Just clicking here on IMDb, it has a 4.3 out of 10. And that's from over 100,000 user reviews. It has a meta score of 27. How sad is that? Like, oh, it makes me appreciate the other one. <laughs> well, uh, well, let, let me speak to that also. It's better than the other ones. And, and that's, I only say that because it's a better... Here are four guys fighting one guy movie than the those other two are. Now, don't get me wrong, as as the Fantastic Four are represented, those are better movies as the characters of Fantastic Four. Right. But the last I mean, come one on, Captain America. Yeah, and you could tell there's a lot of studio interference. I mean, there's a bunch of story that's just cut out of the movie. I mean, like, there's footage that we know that we've seen from trailers, from from snippets, that was just treated as, oh, well, that's just... It was it was camera footage, where they were reviewing, like, what's been going on. Because there's, there's a time jump where it's like a year or something later, where the, the thing's been doing Black Ops missions for the army, and, like, Johnny's fixing to start doing them also, and it's... <laughs> I don't know how I, how it's possible I'm describing the Fantastic Four this way, but that's that's what they had going on as the story. It is, sounds atrocious, and I hope I never see it. Warcraft. Um, Warcraft is coming. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Warcraft is coming. We are not prepared. Uh, I'm sorry, Illidan. I was prepared about four years ago. Now I'm just pissed off and tired of waiting, and I really don't care. Well, I mean, how do you feel about the uh, the visuals of the movie? You've seen <clears> the trailer, haven't you? I- I've seen the trailers. I've seen the trailers. And what many people that listen to this may not know is for a good number of years was basically since Vanilla WoW, I played WoW quite a bit. Burning Crusade, 
I started playing way more. And by the time Wrath of the Lich King came out, I was full-on GM of a very, very large guild that was attempting world firsts. (laughs) We were very dedicated. And during that peak era is when they announced we were getting a Warcraft movie. I want to say that was 2008. They promised us a Warcraft movie. I remember my guild having entire chats about which storylines they should do and who could play what characters and everything. I mean, we went through so many scenarios. We were pumped because this movie's coming out. They, they've got a director, and then things got shut down. And we didn't hear crap for every now and then. Every now and then, there'd be like a one-day sputter of Warcraft is doing this. And then you try to look up other info, nothing. Now, all of a sudden, here it comes. It's been eight years, man. My life has totally changed since then. I, you know, married, kids, Warcraft's out of my blood now. And eight years ago, you would have had me waiting in line overnight. Now I really don't care. And I think a majority of their population has done that as well. Well, that's the double-edged sword of being Blizzard, isn't it? I mean, they're... they're history dictates i mean they're not going to put it something out until they think it's ready and i guarantee you they went into this movie thinking the same thing it's not coming out till it's ready so would you preferred uh you know the movie coming out two years earlier or being the best movie blizzard thought they could put out well that's the thing i don't know if they've done that watching this trailer i'm still gonna have to go into I don't know if I'm going to go see it. I, I may go see it. Just just so I can give you my review of it. Because I, I do want to give it a chance. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I definitely... do want to like it. I definitely want both of us to review it. Because, number one, we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. We both played WoW. But you were hardcore, read the book, world first, super guild, every night, every raid. You know, one of the first people to do it. And I just played a little here and there. I got power leveled in some places. I played a couple raids. I enjoyed my time in it. But I don't know any of the history. I can barely tell you who Lady Sylvanas is. You know, a a lot of that stuff. And I think the movie is, I mean, very geared toward me because there's a lot of things in those trailers explaining world-building kind of things, which if they were directing the movie at someone like you... Uh, doesn't seem like it'd be needed. They jump right into to something huge. So, what do you think about right. that? I, you're probably right. I mean, you're you're probably right. You know, I, I'm not gonna get a major storyline out of uh, a movie like this, especially just introducing it. Uh, the only point I have is, well, I know you're right about the story right now. I still say. If you had done this eight years ago, you had fifteen. You had over 15 million people playing WoW at, I would say the peak was probably eight to nine years ago. 15.7 million, I think. There's probably even more at one point. You, it, it just seems odd that you know there's that many people that will watch your movie. You have another group of people that are going to have to take that group of people. A lot of parents are going to have to take the kids. You were guaranteed some money. I, At that point in time, I really wish you would have just given me a story 
that I could have followed. I, I, it's not that I don't want to see this movie. It's just that, you know, it's not coming out when it's prime for me. And I'm just being picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? Well, unlike you, I am really excited for the Warcraft movie because I don't know the backstory. I mean, I know that uh, a couple of the characters in there, I mean, probably more than a couple, but I know, uh, like, uh, is it Orgrim? Is is one of the main orcs, and uh, what's his face's father is the is the main one, and he makes the deal with the humans, and I'm I'm excited to see that play out on screen. It looks really good. I, I'm really excited to see magic used in a movie. That's that's one of my things. I don't think any movie has done magic really well besides like the third or fourth Harry Potter film, which is why that one's the best magic film in that's ever been made. I don't know. I'm really excited for Doctor Strange also because of to see magic on screen done well is uh, one of the things I've been thirsty for since I was young, you know, watching like, uh, what was the movie, like Dragon Slayer, and there used to be an old TV show that was like Dungeons and Dragons based that uh, that really was horrible at the time, but as a kid I, I wanted to see it. It's like, where's the magic? Where's Merlin? Uh, like, uh, 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 well, uh, Excalibur, you know. Uh, right. Those kinds right. of things I've always been thirsty for. I love fantasy when it's done with a kind of a realistic thing, but I want to see magic. I want to see some badass magic fighting in my movies. So, and this, this is potential to be one of those. It should be good. Uh- I mean, I just hope so. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I hope it moves up to everybody's expectations. Yes. Our last topic I have here is uh, something related to... Basically, we're going to roll this all together. Captain America Civil War, which is uh, a movie that we've seen. Um, After the uh, comic convention, me and you both seen Captain America. We'll get to that in just a second. But we've contributed to something. Captain America flies to 940 million worldwide of at the box office. This movie is a juggernaut. It will not be stopped. It is going to roll over everybody. It has surpassed Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice. It surpassed Spider Man and Spider Man Three. It's you know breaking box office records. It is a juggernaut. Even though Fox has the rights to Juggernaut, what 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 did you think about the money this thing's making? Well, what I want to tell people is, if you're listening to this and you're saying, "Well, I haven't seen Civil War," go catch a matinee, pay the seven dollar show, see something early, co- contribute to the, the the growing beast that is Captain America's Civil War. It is totally worth it. You will not regret it. I, I cannot in- endorse this movie enough. It sounds silly. I haven't felt this way about a movie since the the time I walked out of the Avengers. The you know <laughs> you, you just walk out and you're like, I got my money's worth. Yeah, after I the got, movie, I, I you you walked out. I, I, yeah, I <laughs> got I got my money's worth. It it was totally worth it. Correct. Did I say daring? <laughs> I walked out of the movie. I was like, no! No, no, no. I, I walked out of the theater fully happy. There, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. It's a great movie. I highly suggest you see it. Before we roll into our, uh, our big ender, which some people may want to check out for, as somebody who saw Batman vs. Superman and Captain America, can you tell me... Alright, uh, I... I, 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 I I plan on this. This is a talking point I was going to bring up later. Okay. 
And, and that that's what I was going to say is right now, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Captain America Civil War, what we're going to do is totally have spoilers. We're well, not going to have spoilers. We're going to have everything. 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 <laughs> yes, everything will be discussed about this movie. And if you're listening to it and you haven't seen it, right about now's when you're going to want to shut the podcast off. Have a great day. We thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Send us emails. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Google Play totally works. I've had several people confirm that we are live and ready on Google Play. I still haven't had an iPhone user be able to pull up the podcast on iTunes. Uh, now I, I have a direct, I have a direct link that is working. Right, but I'm I'll have to look. Available yeah. to public. Uh, I know the Google sent me a direct link within 24 hours, but it wasn't totally live after about 72 hours. I started having multiple people be able to catch it. Maybe iTunes works a little longer. And when that's done, uh, hopefully you can find us on iTunes. Send us, hit us up on Twitter at not so southern G's. It's not so southern gentlemen. You can search for that. Not so southern G's. And at this point, uh, you can have a great day. And from this point forward, we were we are going to be discussing Captain America: Civil War. Full thoughts, all full of spoilers, relatable to other movies. Y'all have a great day, and Rick, are you ready to talk about Captain America Civil War? I am so ready to talk about Civil War. Okay, it was incredible. I totally enjoyed it, and as what I I would really like, the point you were about to bring up was going to be my first point. What both movies address is the fact that is a superhero held accountable for destruction or lives lost while performing the duties of a superhero. Would you agree? That is the basis of both movies. Yes. While Batman versus Superman decided to address this subject, they, they, they just instantly said, okay, Superman's done all these great things for us, and now we're going to put him on trial. And we're going to find out if he's a bad guy. And Batman's over there going, hell, I'll just got, he, he could kill us. I, I'm just going to kill him. That's what's going to happen. I, I'm just going to kill that guy. I know they're, they're already questioning it. The public's questioning whether Superman's a good guy or not. Let, let's just take him out of the equation totally and be, be done with it. You know, that's really the way Batman versus Superman felt to me. It was ridiculous. And Captain America Civil War took that and made an excellent movie out of it i mean it, it it was just awesome they addressed the issues and they said no the superhero has a choice the path they led you said superheroes can you know sign the articles and they have to live under certain guidelines and it, it, they're basically going to be from what general ross what secretary of state ross says you're going to do what the government aka the un or whoever these articles are you're going to do what they say when they say it and if they don't send you you can't react right the movie is all about balance and uh, they do a really uh, amazing job of uh, balancing information you need tone 
backstory, characterization, motivations. It's just it's just all there. So they've they've cooked almost the perfect pie and they're giving you a slice. And I want the first thing I'd like to address is uh, the two new characters we see in the movie are, of course, Spider-Man and Black Panther. Uh, man, the the twenty minutes you spend with Spider-Man is better than the five previous movies we we have gotten. You know, it was awesome. Oh, uh, Spider-Man! I I'm Team Spider-Man. I'm not Team Stark or Team Cap. I'm Team Spider-Man. Spider-Man's been my childhood favorite. Spider-Man will always be my favorite, and Tom Holland does an amazing job. Yeah, and they address something you've, I've never really thought about. I mean, we've seen, we've seen and heard Spider-Man ever since the '60s. You know, I, I grew up hearing repeats of the '60s Spider-Man, and he's he's a kid. He he is a 15 year old kid, just like in the comics he was supposed to be. He sounds like he's he's got a New York accent. He comes from Queens, of course. He sounds this way. Uh, and there's there's some banter between him and Captain America that's just amazing that plays out in 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 another scene in the movie. And uh, but I really like to say how well and fleshed out the Black Panther is just in the first few scenes he's in. I mean, you get oh, his you, entrance is powerful. You do not you, it he comes on scene coming after Bucky, and he is not. Hey, let's work this out. No, he is there to cause some destruction, and he is going to hurt Bucky. He, he is not holding back. He is trying to kill him, honestly. When you see him that first time, his entrance... Right, right. And that that is the Black Panther's first entrance, but I was referring to T'Challa the first time you see him on screen. He's very quiet, very reserved, uh, but very powerful, a statesman. He, him and uh, Natasha have a scene together... Uh, that's just, you get a sense of who this man is just from these first five minutes you spend with him. And then, you know, after, after his father is killed, you, you get the emotion, you get his motivation and you get his vengeance. I mean, it's just amazing that they pulled that off in such a short amount of time. And, uh, that also speaks to how great of an actor Chadwick Boseman is. And, uh, I'm excited to see that, that movie. Oh, um, he, now he, he was awesome. Like seriously, Black Panther. I cannot wait for the Black Panther movie. It was an awesome story. They, they fit a lot in there. Like you said, in a short amount of time and it felt fluid. You, you just instantly connect with the guy and all of a sudden he has this incident with his father's death occur and you just oh he's mad now you you know black panther's coming because he's not going to be this quiet reserved guy once he's wearing the the black panther outfit he he can handle himself and i'll say the the best fights in the movie are between black panther and whoever he's fighting i mean that's that is the best fighting in the movie oh hands down i agree the the whole the his entrance the captain america bucky black panther parkour slash Superhuman speed running, which looked amazing. The super, superhuman speed running looked incredible. I loved it. They're passing cars, and you're like, you're sitting there, and you're like, this is it. This is what. This is how superheroes would run fast. I never thought about it. When you look at the still images on comic book page, you never think, what would a superhero look with if he was cruising at 35, 40 miles an hour? That's what they would look like. They look exactly like you would. Looks amazing. 
Yeah, and I'm not just talking about in the suit. The suit looks amazing itself, but there's another scene where uh, Bucky escapes uh, a detention facility and he fights him in just his civvies, and that even that's amazing. Chadwick Boseman is... I, I got a man crush, I got to tell you. He's he's pretty dang good. I'm, I'm, yeah, happy, he, I'm happy to see it, and I'm happy to pay to see another movie. Oh, incredible. Cannot wait. We'll be right there in line for the Bite Panther movie. And... Now, hey, now that we're just talking about anything, we know that uh, the next Spider-Man movie is called Homecoming, correct? Is that yes. an official title? That is or... the official. They did announce it. It's Spider-Man Homecoming. Did you not think it was weird that one of the code words for Bucky was Homecoming, and Homecoming just kept getting said over and over? Right, and of course, what uh, what Sean's referring to is that like and it's even said in the movie like Manchurian candidate uh Bucky has been uh mentally brainwashed to where he responds to certain uh code words that that reset his his uh mission and uh the bad guy discovers what these code words are and or is going to send him out on another another mission and I did want to speak to that but to your point I think homecoming is is a very layered title i mean i'm i could be reading more into it but i mean spider-man has come home he's at marvel i'm I'm hoping it's not tom holland's homecoming at school wherever he's going to but i mean that probably will play a part right but Uh, i had not made that connection i just thought that was strange and uh another point that that uh, that's really a larger topic than the movie itself is and, and really, and it speaks of both movies, both Batman and Superman versus, you know, Civil War. What kills me about it is both the reactions. Okay, here is a superhero that I, I have some special powers. Holy crap. You know, a lot of them deal with the fact that they are superheroes. And then there's the people like Tony Stark who says, I'm a superhero. I say I'm a superhero. Watch what I can do. There's the confident ones. But what kills me is both these movies, the moment Superman or somebody else, Captain America, you know, whoever saves somebody, a lot of times they divert a lot of destruction that could have occurred had they not been there. And yet they are still held accountable because of their actions and stuff that they did. Why are you mad at the superhero when you're not mad at the villain? It's the villain's fault that the superhero is in this situation. Right, and but the movie... And, and yet you're still going to hold him accountable. Right, but, but the movie does... Uh, I mean, I don't, can't speak for Batman versus Superman, but Captain America does speak to that point, and, and, and it, of course it's the vision speech that he makes about an equation. The escalation and the showing of their strength invites challenge, which, you know, results in conflict which results in catastrophe. And that is a very oversimplification of what you're talking about. There's a lot of political rigmarole that, that it's hand-waved in the movie because that, that's the probably the least strong part of the movie, but they do do it well. It's not just glossed over. There is a lot more to the politics of what would actually happen with all that that, that is not seen in the movie, you know, in, in a layman's opinion. But I, I think it's done very well, and I thought it was addressed well. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, no, it's not a knock on uh, either movie, actually. It's the fact that you know the the fact that we're we're drawn to that story of good versus evil, and good is always held accountable for its actions, 
is that what makes good good in the first place? Yeah, I mean that that's speaking to a lot of the basic principles that uh, you know we look at every day. Why are the police held under such a strict eye, and the criminals are just criminals? You know, um, because we we hold people to a higher standard. You know, why was it's 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 just part of part of our personalities, our our mindsets. I mean, people in higher positions and power positions are held more accountable than other than regular Joes. So I mean, I mean, and I, that's I totally that's agree. not fair. I, I agree that that's not fair, but that's the way you know right. psychology works. Right. I, I mean, and I totally agree. I, I just it, it's an issue that I have with a lot of movies is the fact that, you know, I, I have to tell myself that's what makes good good, is the fact that they're willing to be held accountable. And, and that's really what Civil War speaks to so well, is they're all truly willing to be held accountable. And I don't know what if you caught this, but what I think Tony Stark is, at the beginning of it, is very gung-ho. He, he's just, you know... He got presented with that lady's story of something he did caused somebody to die. And she will be in and, Luke Cage, by the way. That's that's the character that was crossing right, over. Right, Yes. And, you know, he's dealt with this previously in Iron Man number one. The moment he's represented presented with that same issue again, I think it throws him overboard. And that's the reason he is so on board with the articles is because he's just been, man, I changed from making destructive weapons to making a preventative weapon, and even that has now kicked kicked me in the ass, you know. And I think that's the reason he jumps on the article so hard until, I don't know if you caught this, and I'm sure you have, you've seen the movie three times now. What I felt was the changing point was spider-man you know he he, he says why, why do you do this kid you know you know he, he he's quizzing him on why he does what he does and they did a real good job because everybody and their grandmother knows the story of how spider-man became spider-man and they know what he did and he says when you have powers and bad stuff happens then that's on you because you didn't do nothing to prevent it and that's basically the opposite of what those articles say. Right, the that's articles, the op- that's the flip side the of that. Are, right, that's the what the articles are saying is you'll go when I tell you to go. And the the truth should be no, we'll go and we'll do the best we can because that's what our powers enable us to do is not everybody can go and do the best they can, but we will. Right, and both sides of uh you know there are several uh, up opposing views represented in the movie but they're both addressed so well like uh, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were of course on totally Captain America's side and I was like well now no uh, Iron Man has a has a point I mean he's very real world realistic how the government would address point of view and th- there is some you know weight behind that I mean it's not something none none of the opinions in the movie can just be dismissed outright they're they're good points and that's what makes it such a good movie and the original story it was based on her so good well I, I 100% agree with you and I thought uh, Black Widow had a great line in the movie it's sticking with me so it must be fairly good I've only seen it once and it's st- she said 
you know, and I thought I thought this line speaks politically as well. You don't always get your way. And she said, at least we'll still have one hand on the wheel. We may not be fully driving, but we'll have, you know, we'll get to put our word in. And and a lot of times in our world, that's how things go. You know, I want something that's a 10 and you want a one. Well, more than likely, politically, we're going to end up at a five. Right. And the thing about the superheroes is they can be a 10 because who's going to make them anything less? Right. Really? Well, let's talk about one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, and you just remind me of that. The no you move speech. Now, I've referred to this a couple of times in the last couple of podcasts. There is, of course, a funeral and uh, a funeral. And it is the funeral of Peggy Carter, who um, during the... The heat of this political discussion that the Avengers are having, uh, Captain America gets a notification that uh, Peggy had passed away. And so you end up at a funeral, a very emotionally wrought... No words are spoken, but you can see in uh, Chris Evans' acting that it, it's very impactful. And as... You're the last person connecting him to, you know, his old life. Right, right. And, you know, he... Uh, love of his life. Now... At the funeral, of course, there's a surprise. Uh, there's a reveal that uh, um, him and Sam are there at the funeral, and they introduce Sharon Carter. And Sharon Carter walks up, and it's Agent 13. And they both look at each other, and she explains that she did not ever you know, tell anybody she was related because she wanted to earn her own and not be given anything, which uh, is a note to the audience and uh, just personally to Captain America why, why she never told but she's the one that delivers the speech, and it's very impactful. I, I I thought it was very well done, and it brought a tear to my eye the first time I saw it. It was, of course, she relates it that uh, her aunt Peggy told her that, and right, it was it right. was and a it, very it, very good part of the movie. It, it is very emotionally very impactful, good. and and even beyond that, whenever I mean, even Captain America and the Black Widow scene at the church after that is still just great. The writers of this movie need awards, people. I'm telling you, this movie is great. I, I'm fully on board. I can't back you enough. Um, I don't know. I, I could go on all day. Uh, Zemo was a great character. Um, well, let's let's talk about Zemo now. Uh, of course, Baron Helmet Zemo is a major bad guy in the Marvel universe. He uh, is the He's the guy responsible for he's a he's a Captain America bad guy from from a while back uh, even in the 80s but uh, recently was responsible for the formation of the Thunderbolts uh, which he uh, he actually had took the Masters of Evil gave them new costumes and and or acting like they were a part of uh, they were acting like good guys and that's as far as the comic as I can tell you. But he, he's not just a small-time character. In this, they do change his origin some. And my first watching of it, I wasn't that impressed with him. But after I sat and think about it and watched it again, you know, he really did do a great job. I mean, his plan succeeded. and Oh, he, he fully destroyed the Avengers. <laughs> he did a great job. Right, yeah. And he, he planted those seeds that will be reaped, you know, long in in the next few movies and he is still alive at the end of the movie he could come back and be a force oh i wouldn't doubt that i'm i'm excited to see where this is going the the movie if you've 
I mean, if you've seen it or if you're still listening just because you don't care about spoilers, it doesn't really end on a good tone. It's kind of a somber tone that I feel the movie ends on. And you leave the movie theater smiling, but you do end on that somber tone. And it's going to be interesting to see where this thing picks up. Uh, a lot of people have said the Stan Lee cameo fell flat for them. I was rolling. <laughs> it, here's the thing. Stan Lee's going to be in the movies. That's awesome. I, you know, he's the man. He is the man. So we wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for him. Give the man his cheesy one-liner. Give the man his cheesy joke. I don't care how bad it is. You let that guy do whatever he wants. And it was a good, it was entertaining. Yeah, we're you, not. You go- gotta laugh. We're not gonna have him much longer, folks. I mean, he's almost. I think he's like ninety-five. I mean, I, I don't care. Put him in everyone till till you can't put him in there. So, yep, he's that's awesome. fine with me. Well, I mean, I could keep sitting here all day and saying how great this movie is. Well, uh, let's let's I, not sit here and talk about it, how great it is. Let's talk about what. What did you not think held up in the movie? Was there anything that you thought was weak? I mean, I would have to watch it again. I What stood out to me, uh, there, there's not really any negatives. I mean, there's really not. It, it, it fully pleased in every way possible. You know, I got to see an incredible Black Panther. And I got to see my favorite superhero, Spider-Man, portrayed in the best way I've ever seen him portrayed. I'm happy. Uh, Wink points in the movie uh, is possibly uh, Wanda's treated well. The Vision is is treated great. Hawkeye once again, you know, doesn't have a lot of lines, but he's he's good. I, I'm just not good with Jeremy Renner's performance as Hawkeye, but of course I'm used to uh, a comic book Hawkeye, and uh, that that may have never set right with me to begin with. But uh, the 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 weakest thing about the movie, I would say, involves Zemo. Like, there's a couple of things. Like, he has a um, he has an EMP device in his hotel room, fully assembled, but then he somehow got it in a box and shipped it somewhere. Uh, that that kind of stuck out to me at a part. Uh, I mean, and that's just you know, that, if I'm going to nitpick, which I'm not going to nitpick the movie, but if that's one thing I could go, oh, you know, stupid stuff like that, but. Um, there's well, not there's not really you know anything. Right. I mean, we can all sit here and wonder how did Bruce Wayne get out of the hole and get back to Gotham City before Bane pulled off the plan? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to the make Dark Knight awful... The Dark Knight Rises, um you know, The Dark Knight Rises I kind of treat like X-Men 3. I just pretend it's not there, so. What are you talking about? You shut your mouth. I like that movie. I didn't care for that movie. You know we're totally talking about a different movie. I just threw that in there as a brief reference. Yeah, but you threw it in there, so it's your fault. To a plot hole. I just threw it in there because that's a plot hole that sticks out. This doesn't have any plot holes that stick out that bad. You Okay, you want me to be picky? You want me to be nittiest, pickiest thing? Please. The nittiest, pickiest thing I could think of. Uh, Spider-Man actually wouldn't have swung at that kind of arc. He should have actually... No, no, no. no. What if Iron Man hadn't showed up and seen his mother's death on the screen? What if he hadn't shown up? How could you make a screen 
with a you made a monitor purposely to play the death of Tony Stark's parents when you didn't even know he was coming. Well, he did set that in motion though, because he that's why that's why he made that's why he made that that's why he made that phone call to the uh, room service at the hotel, so the body be discovered, so they would know that uh, uh, it wasn't Bucky, and and you know, of course, that's the reason okay, so that Iron Man Sam sweeps would, in. He knew Sam would tell. He knew Sam would tell. I, I'm I'm not saying that it, you're not uh, you're not wrong. I'm just saying that uh, it, it was set in motion. It was oh, intended no, said, for that to happen. Mean, I'm not right. I, I'm not wrong because that that is a no. Smart, you're not it, wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, and I was just playing. You know that that's if I wanted to be nitpicky. If you want me to be the yeah, no, and the it, yeah, I had that same thought too. It it, it is predicated on <laughs> on kind of a flimsy. Well, what if Iron Man didn't catch that? It's called suspension of disbelief, and I have no problem having it for a movie that is well written and is a great movie. And my suspension of disbelief. Is just fine to carry me through that scene. I have no problems with it whatsoever. I was just being the nitpickiest I could think of, and that was the only thing I could come to mind that came to mind. And on that note, we will say this was awesome. I enjoyed being able to talk about this openly, uh, spoiler filled. I think we talked about plenty of stuff. We could probably talk about this some more later if we think of other points. This movie is going to carry us over for a little bit, you know? We we got till Doctor Strange. Actually, no. We got till Suicide Squad. That's another one I'm pumped for. I cannot wait to go see that. Really ready for that. So you're not pumped for X-Men Apocalypse is what you're saying? No X-Men Apocalypse for you? I'm not paying for it. I probably will be seeing that one. I'm I'm a little excited for it. Uh, I am really excited for Suicide Squad. That may be the first uh, DC movie that fires on all cylinders for me. Uh, they there was a new trailer I hadn't seen before on Captain America. Uh, had some of the uh, had more Batman in it. Uh, had Batman with a rebreather jumping into the river, and that was kind of neat to see. Of course, that cape. Uh, I don't know how you're going to swim with that cape on, but it's movie physics, so. That's right. All right, my friend. I will see you next week. See you next I week. I hope everybody has a good one. Please continue to listen. Please continue to follow. If you have a friend, tell a friend. Get the word out. We're really trying to grow and create a good product for you. And hope that you find this entertaining. Leave us feedback. We need to know. If you say, hey, your, your microphone sounds weird sometimes, or this happens, or this happens, let us know. If you give us feedback, then we know you listened, and we will be glad to help you out and hopefully create a more perfect show for you. Thanks for throwing me and my microphone issues under the bus. I appreciate that. Hey, my microphone has plenty of issues <laughs> as well. Come Y'all listen. Y'all have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you later, Rick. Have a great weekend.